Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the weekend shift here. No Dunks, part of the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets, and oh my god, joining me here on a Saturday morning. So fired up about that game last night. It's the one and only Tass Mellis. What's up, Tassie? What's up, Skeetsy? You've been doing such a good job with these weekend shifts, these late shifts. I thought I'd join, not because, not just because it was a great game. I agreed, actually, before this game because I thought it'd be over. And I thought, I have to hear the sound of my own voice going into the finals here. I had to be part of it considering it was going to end yesterday. I thought, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You were pretty confident. You and the other boys in the No Dunks Classic Factory on Friday were all saying this one was a wrap. You guys were a bunch of Draymond Greens. You fired up the heat there. Got Haslam oh, yeah. going. Got Tucker going. Yeah, what, a, you, what a storyline. Do you, you think Draymond Green actually planned that? Come on now. Come on. Now. Yes, I do. Uh, what, what, a, what a way to start this, too. I love that it's somehow overshadowing a guy scoring 47 points in an elimination game. But yeah, let's waste no time here. Shout out to the stream team. Thank you for joining us live on a Saturday morning. Everybody listening and watching later, make sure you like, subscribe either on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you listen to, No Dunks. And let's just hit it right now, because we got a Game 7, baby. Zaza, take it away. We're going to Game 7, baby! Game 7! Game 7! Ah, baby. That's how you start a weekend, right there, (laughs) with a little Zaza in your life. Yes, we're going to have a do-or-die Game 7 Sunday night in South Beach. After Jimmy Butler, Tass, led the Heat to the 111-103 victory in Boston to extend this series, keep their title hopes alive, and uh, Jimmy, the the man of the hour, a man possessed last night with 47 points, 9 boards, 8 assists, and 4 steals. My God, Tass. Well, I thought it was over because of what happened in games 3, 4, and 5, right? With with (laughs) Jimmy, specifically. For sure. It just looked like a totally different guy. And then we saw what happened from minute one to minute 48. That was the best part. He was setting guys up in the first couple minutes, and then he, he got his flow, and then he continued until the final buzzer. He was there, and he got just enough help, baby. Just enough help. He did, especially from a guy that's near and dear to our heart in, uh, in Kyle Lowry, who helped him out. But Jimmy, overall 16 for 29 from the field, perfect from the line. 11-11, some great free throw shooting besides Jalen Brown late uh, in this game. And then four three-pointers, too, from Jimmy. But you're right, Tass. Like, what the hell happened to his knee? Right. <laughs> like, what happens between games five and six where it looks like this guy's got nothing really left to give because the knee's, uh, you know, still hurting him from that game three injury where he leaves? And that just wasn't the case. He said the reason was he talked to Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Just getting on the horn with Wade magically healed his knee. It's very strange, but, you know, he was locked in right from the jump, like you said. What, like, like the first quarter alone, I mean, he was just, what did, what did he, he had like 14, 5, and 4 in the first 12 minutes of this game. Um, just like putting his, putting his imprints on it very early. Right, and you know, going back to game five, he was like 2 of 8 in the first uh, quarter, and mm-hmm. he just, yeah, wasn't right. Uh, yeah, you can say this is Le- the LeBron stare down game. You could, I, you know, go back to the 2020 finals where he had that 40 point performance uh, against the Lakers, where there's the famous picture of him hanging over the, uh, right. yeah, the the scores table, you know, the the end table there, yep. gassed. Uh, but that that's what it felt like, and I, I'm not certain. L- listen, I'm not good at calling games right right in this moment here, but I, I don't think this is over by any means. 
No, no, no. That's why uh, Draymond Green could still technically be right. <laughs> That's, That's my favorite part of that whole story. I mean, they do have one more game to play. And if, yeah, if you know how it's going to end, bullshit. Because <laughs> good luck. You can just straight up flip a coin. Uh, you would think the Heat now, game seven at home, if Jimmy's going to continue to play like this, if uh, some of these guys that couldn't hit a shot to save their lives in Lowry and even Strews, like if they're on a little bit, okay. But like, who knows? Like, why can't Tatum go for 45 or 50 in game seven? Mm-hmm. Like, why not? Uh, you know, so yeah. I, I mean, that should make for a very exciting, in theory, uh, game seven there on Sunday night. It's not an afternoon game. It is a Sunday night game, which uh, I'm a fan of as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I got, I got no idea. I had Heat in seven because I swerved against you guys, but I'm not feeling all that confident. I'm not betting it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and you, so you like a, a night game just because playoff viewing needs to be at night? I just like to have my weekends for you a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of... Uh, I don't mind it, of course, when the playoffs start. That's fun. But, uh, yeah, no, I like uh, I like to, everybody, go do your things on Sunday. Go have your brunches. Go walk your dogs. Go to your kids' birthday parties and pool parties and all that. And then and then let's all get back in front of the TV to end, uh, end the weekend stall. And also, it's a long weekend here. That's true. So it's like, I mean, that's like the, the best of both worlds, really. That's I mean, true. Who cares? Like, this game could go quadruple five six overtimes we ain't gonna care no. nobody's gonna care for the most part in the states yeah. at least and we may even do our show right after that who knows yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, a possibility i wanted to ask you because i saw pre-game just getting back to the the viewing experience you mm-hmm. tweeted port of scotch dog at my yep. feet yep ready to watch game six of the easter conference finals and you got a beauty i was wondering oh. inside or outside did you because i know sometimes you watch outside uh, no, I was inside last night. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you could have last night. Beautiful night here in Atlanta. It was, it was could amazing. That, yeah. Could have t- taken the laptop out on the back or front porch for sure. But I didn't even cross my mind, if I'm being honest. I did that. It was so nice. I was even doing mobile view. I was just looking at my phone. Wow. I was so nice outside. Oof. Oh, look at you. Oof. Look at you. I brought it in at uh, halftime. Did some stuff and then. Oh, okay. Well, it gets it. a little late. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, a great tweet. From Tony Jones about Jimmy Butler. I'm not sure if you saw this one making the rounds last night on Twitter, Tass. But Tony tweeted, Jimmy Butler is the rare guy in NBA history who isn't a top five overall player, but in a playoff setting, he can take his game to a top five overall level. Who is like this in the past? Or who in the past is like this, I should say. And then he went first. He says Reggie Miller was that type of guy. Uh... I mean, I think it's a fun tweet. Are there any other names that come to mind? Uh, do you agree with Tony about Jimmy and I guess his his first selection there in Reggie? Ooh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. is uh, Jimmy definitely fits that criteria. Totally. Right here, totally. right now. And that's why it felt like a bit of this, this stone face game for LeBron, like ready to take it to that next level to be a top five guy for you know a year or two perhaps you know in the in the echelon of of nba players he's got to he's got to do it in the finals again though like it's yeah you know it's not you're not up there until you you do it in the finals one time but i guess we throw Embiid and Jokic up there and they haven't been there Uh, right i i think uh some other fun names to like answer Tony's yeah. question. I, I saw people say Chauncey Billups, which I thought was a, a pretty fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, never, of course, like, you know, where where did Billups 
top out when he was playing in a regular season where people like maybe they were like he's top 25 right. top 20 maybe at his best years but then you know had some uh, pretty incredible uh, playoff performances Damian Lillard if you don't have him as like a top and he probably isn't a top five guy in, in, in the league I mean maybe yeah that one's a little closer but that's a good one Paul George I think maybe younger Paul George uh, is sort of there again the idea that they're not they're good players, but they're not like top five, top five guys. But they sure can look like it at times in, in playoff games or playoff series. So I like that. James Worthy for all the old heads out there, for the Lee Ellis's out there, I think is uh, maybe there. And I'll say one more. Our good old Canadian boy. I think Jamal Murray has shown at times that he might have that in him. Uh, just monster, monster explosions in playoff settings. But Hope so. He's far, he's far from top five. I guess Donovan Mitchell, if you're throwing Jamal Murray sure, in that category. Sure. Mitchell has been there before this year. And, yeah, we're quick to just say, ah, that guy's not there anymore. Uh, Kawhi Leonard here mentioned in the stream team by a couple of Yeah, but guys. Kawhi was top five. I mean, Kawhi. Like, never, I guess never in the top five was the tweet. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Kawhi definitely yeah. was. All right. All um, right. Fun stuff there from uh, from Tony. But, um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the help that Jimmy got because – you know, you and I were saying it like Lowry has to do something because <laughs> because Jimmy, though, he well, he almost basically just carried the team for the entirety of this game six. He got some help and that was Lowry's best game of the postseason. Was it not? I mean, he finished with 18 points, 10 assists, four boards. He fouled out two stupid Kyle Lowry fouls at the end. I mean, <laughs> if they lose this game, everybody's going, what are you doing, Kyle? Uh, you're being a little too Lowry with those two fouls late. Um but he, I, you know, just I thought, just seeing that three-pointer drop, you could tell he was like, oh, my oh, God, baby. finally. Because he hit that one, he, I think it was off a high, uh, you know, pick from Bam. Lowry loves going to his left, splashed the three early. Then he had, like, a wide-open layup where the Celtics appeared to just blow, like, their ice pick and roll coverage. Uh, smart, I mean, they don't usually play it this way. Smart, like, really iced it. And then Robert Williams was like, what are we doing? And then Lowry just walked to the net. But... You know, Lowry uh, got going early there, Tass, and I thought was huge in in the heat, forcing a game seven, almost just as much as Jimmy Crazy. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's the levels are obviously way different, but yeah, yeah. but that was like, I, I'm with you because that was the exact level of Lowry that you needed, and, when, right. and what the Heat expected when they signed him, 18 points, and going down the stretch. Eric Spolstra called the, the two-man game there. Four minutes left. Him and Jimmy. Jimmy needs to lean on somebody like Kyle Lowry. It's exactly what they signed him up for. You know, Bam hasn't been that guy. And to, to make a, a set up a two-man game there where they, they just, you know, kind of played up uh, sort of above the break. And Kyle Lowry was set up for a big three. He hit that with four minutes left. And then on that next possession, driving. You don't see Kyle really draw too many fouls, but he was able yeah. to draw the foul, a legitimate foul call. And, and I have to say that because there were some illegitimate foul calls in this game. There's some questionable. It was a poorly officiated game. Yeah. There was, they were killing flows. They were calling fouls when it didn't appear to be a foul. Then they weren't calling fouls when there was a blatant foul. They were sort of all over. It was a weird one. Yeah. I, I don't feel bad in the end because I think the better team won. Uh, but yeah, to, to get Jimmy to the point where he could hit a, a couple shots... 
that was the perfect Lowry. That was the perfect yeah. Kyle Lowry. So, yeah, that happened with four minutes left, and then we get down to the two or three minutes left where Jimmy was doing it on one end, and I think P.J. Tucker was doing it on the other end. Exactly what the Heat dialed up here. This, If you were to draw it up, how would the Heat win a playoff game? Well, Lowry you know, helped out Butler as sort of the number two scorer. Struess did enough, and then... P.J. Tucker, baby. I mean, Bam would probably be written into that script. I guess I lied there. You'd, you'd probably get in a, an addendum. You'd get some more some more Bam in there, but whatever. Uh, yeah. it, it came down to the end, and yeah, uh, Butler, Tucker, Butler, Tucker, and it, it, they finished the job, baby. As much of the story from this game is Jimmy Butler with the 47 uh, in an elimination game on the road, um, the Celtics maybe blew this, too. <laughs> they really did. Like, Derek White hits a three, to put them up, yeah. 97-94. The, the Celtics are leading the game with, what, about four minutes to go, something like that, you said? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're at home. You know, you've come back. Uh, you've sort of overcome this weird officiated game with some of your guys being in foul trouble. You've got Tatum and Brown. You know, you're looking good. Like, you are Should four be. minutes away from going to the finals. And this is what happens from that point on from the Celtics offensively. I'm going to read it to you. Marcus Smart misses a three-pointer. He was trying to be a hero in this game. Wow. There was no doubt. That that possession, no one else touched the ball. You don't see that in basketball too often. 24 yeah. seconds of Marcus Smart up top and, and a miss yep. three. Yep, so he misses a three. Then Smart does make two free throws. That was uh, off of one of the dumb Kyle Lowry fouls. Uh, so they're into the bonus. Uh, he takes those. He hits them, so that's good. Then Smart misses another three. Yikes. Then we get Jalen Brown. He's at the line, and he misses... I think it's a tie game at that point. Yeah. He misses both free throws. And, uh, you know, Celtics fans going, uh-oh, that's sort of Jalen Brown's thing here. He sometimes misses these clutch free throws. Okay. That was and actually Tatum. the Marcus Smart possession. I lied. That was the Marcus right. Smart. And then the Derek White steal that he did a couple times. Oh, the one on Lowry. Yeah. And where he came from behind. Yeah. That was, and then I it thought, turned I into... thought that was the game, honestly. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then Brown missed two play. free throws. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Brown misses two free throws. Then the Tatum turnover. Awesome play from Tucker. I think, you know, that one where he just... He's Tatum spinning, Tucker pounces, and they get the steal. Huge play, okay? Horford then misses a three-pointer, and Derek White misses a three-pointer. That this These were all of the possessions in a row after they had taken that 97-94 lead. Now, eventually Tatum takes a shot and all that, but, like, wow. that's You got Jason Tatum, and he took, what was it, like one shot with, like, a, in one minute to go in the fourth quarter of a very close game, that was crazy. Yeah, he may have gotten another shot if P.J. Ducker didn't strip him on that spin sure. move. Uh, but totally, you're totally right. Uh, the Marcus Mart bad possession. Then Brown misses two free throws after Derek White saved the day there for a sec. Uh, but, you know, kudos to Max Struess, you know, shut down Jason Tatum enough for P.J. Tucker to come in and s- strip that thing. And mm-hmm. then... P.J. Tucker brought it all the way up. This is P.J. Tucker dribbling it all the way up. And then uh, Derek White with a weird foul, slapping him in the chest, basically, and giving uh, Tucker an opportunity to hit a couple free throws there. And then, yeah, it just went downhill from there. Horford missed three. Tatum did hit a shot. uh, But uh, the the Heat were doing... Yeah, you're right. The bad execution by the Celtics down the stretch. It, It goes hand in hand. For sure, with mm-hmm. with the Heat's great execution down the stretch. Yeah, and then the other thing that the Celtics did in this game is they turned the ball over. And like every time they turn the ball over, they generally lose here in the playoffs. 17 total, led to 23 points for the Heat. 
And now in the playoffs, they're one and four when they have more than 15 turnovers. Um, so, you know, and again, some of those were Jimmy jumping the passing lanes and Tucker getting in there and Lowry, you know, raking away in there and stuff like that. You know, they, they brought the intensity and they, they were putting some pressure on the officials again to like, are you going to call this stuff like in an elimination game? Like, cause we're going to, we're going to like scratch and claw away as much as we can until you really call it. Um, but yeah, the turnovers just, I thought once again, killed Boston and the execution down the stretch. And yeah, just missing some of these shots, which were open. I mean, some of those, uh, I think the Horford one, if I remember correctly, is uh, is an in-rhythm corner three. Horford had hit a three earlier in the quarter. I think actually he hit a three that brought Robert Williams back to the bench, right? I think Time Lord was going to check in, and I'm pretty sure Horford splashed a three, and then Udoka brought him back. Well, Udoka said, uh, wow, Horford hit his first shot of the game. Well, Horford had a stinky. A stinky game yes. there uh, until until that shot. He just, yeah, playing in his 140th career playoff game, I, I thought he'd be a little bit more confident with the ball when he had somebody on the block, but he was passing out. Uh, yeah, some of, some of the Celtics, yeah, him, the turnovers uh, didn't produce well. The Heat just got, just got enough. It's easy to forget that Tyler Hero wasn't playing in this game, and yep. Victor Oladipo came through with a couple clutch threes, taking that yep. charge late. Uh, Max Strews just kept shooting, baby, uh, even though, you know, he's way off on one shot. I mean, they're asking him to shoot from 28 feet uh, from Oh, times. my God. He was pulling it from Lillard Curry range yeah. a couple times. He hit one. He did. I mean, the one, I couldn't believe, like, the guy had missed 14 straight three-pointers in this series, and then the one he hits is, like, the one to beat the shot clock. Like, yeah. when he had to inbound it with, like, one second left. I think it was in the third quarter. That so was the like, mouth guard the flying out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and mouth guard flying out. Wick, wicked three. Uh, he needed just to keep shooting. And that dude is a starting shooting guard here on a conference finalist, playing defense and taking Duncan Robinson's job because he's physical enough. And, and, yeah. and as I said about that strip that Tucker was able to make with just under two minutes left, it was because Struess played some defense. So Struess, yeah, kept shooting through the, the, the bad stretch. Lowry came back, Oladipo, Tucker, uh, hitting free throws at the end. Enough offense there for the Heat. They, they came through in a, a series. Yeah, we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So who the heck knows what we see in Game 7. It, it felt like the Heat came up with a, a clutch shot every time they needed one. Like, any time the Celtics had made the run, looked like they were going to take control and head to the finals, it was somebody on Miami, be it Jimmy, Lowry, Struess, uh, Oladipo, like you said, hit that big three. Like, somebody just always had an answer somehow to to stop a run or to, to hit a timely bucket. It was crazy. And they just, look, in games four and five, the Heat combined to shoot 60 of 184, 32% from the field in those two games and then in this one they shot 46 percent, and they hit 15 threes i mean that's a big part of this story of this game too it's just the heat actually hit some shots and you know jimmy and kyle and Struess hitting well you throw in tucker too there that's that's 13 three-pointers between those four so gave him a chance and it was just enough like you said and as you said about the celtics yeah, kind of flubbing this one at the end. A, a huge bucket was the Jimmy Butler turnaround jumper. It's 105-101. And I thought yep. the shot that sealed it was there's 2.2 seconds left on the shot clock. And they're inbounding you know, under you know by Boston's hoop there. And Jimmy got the shot. 
right where he likes to get that shot, sort of on the wing close to the three-point line, right side of the, the floor. Easy inbound to him, tough shot to turn around and shoot it from there, but just a money shot. So why was he freaking that open? I mean, they played him. They were playing everybody single coverage because there's two seconds left. But he got a pretty clean look for two seconds left on a shot clock inbound over Marcus Smart to to bang that home, make it a six-point game and good night. But he came up with that shot. He came up with that monster drive with two minutes left uh, to give them a three-point lead because it was an and one. So it was, it was Jimmy at the end. Just a beautiful bounce. Everybody coming through there uh, at the end of game six. How nice was it to actually watch an yeah. exciting game here, too? Yeah, you I was like, hear it. finally, like, finally leaning forward in my chair. Like, ooh, here we go. This is a big possession. And we just had, just obviously hadn't had a lot of that uh, in, in close games here in these conference finals, both of the series with the Warriors taking care of business. And this, this one, I mean, we almost never had a late lead change or even that close a game um yeah down the final five or six minutes of the game so yeah it was i was like oh yeah <laughs> basketball is awesome when it's close <laughs> and uh and you know every possession matters here so it was great um so just like i mean i know i know the beantown boys will be upset if maybe we don't talk about it a little more do you think they got a really shitty whistle uh, the Celtics did here in game six, or do you think it was just an overall, like we said, poorly officiated game? Like, what are your final thoughts on that? Because I know we had, like, two quick fouls on Horford. You had two quick fouls on uh, Tucker, I think it was. Um, you know, guys fouling out. Again, the flow was weird. Um, but some Celtics fans, I haven't listened to Simmons' podcast yet, but I'm sure he's, uh, you know, lamenting the whistle that they got. What do you think? No. I'm, it was bad both ways. And uh, the Celtics made mistakes. Uh, why they challenged that call on Grant Williams, Jimmy, oh. on Jimmy Butler's jump shot early in the fourth quarter. That was bad. It was strange. And you could see uh, Grant Williams is asking, what did I do? He's looking up at the video board. But Jalen Brown is, is right there saying, you hacked him. You hit him on his... He's literally saying it to him. Jimmy or Jalen Brown's got to be on the coaching staff. He's got to tell people, he hit him. I mean, why are we challenging that? He should be yeah. saying that to the bench. I know it wasn't a blatant hit of the arm, but they're not reversing that. Uh, so I think it was bad both ways. And if you look at the uh, execution down the stretch for the Celtics, I don't know how you blame anybody but yourself. That is, it, was, it was, yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. I got to be honest. No. Um, but uh, what do you, nah. I, I think it was bad both. I, you know, I, I zoomed in on a, a bunch of calls. Was it a foul? Was it a, but the Heat were in foul trouble, as you said. So, yeah. so how do you really blame it on the whistles? Do you blame no, it on I, the whistles? I, no, I don't. I don't at all. I just think they had a bad game because the worst thing you want or the worst thing you get from an officiating crew is just inconsistency. It's like, what type of game are you calling it tonight? Are you letting things go or are you not? Don't go back and forth. Um, and that's what it appeared they were doing. And that's got to be the frustrating part. And you could tell. I mean, they were telling everybody, shut up, stop complaining because they're all upset. It's like, what's a foul? What isn't? And, you know, everybody's getting warned basically at one point. But back to that challenge. I mean, that was actually huge uh, when you think about it because there were two instances off the top of my head that I can remember after they blew the challenge very early in the fourth quarter that they really probably would have got the benefit of and been able to challenge and overturn it. Tatum, um, offensive foul called, right, with 8.45 left. That was like a bang-bang one that it could have been, uh, obviously, you you go to the replay uh, monitors and maybe it gets overturned. And then there's the other one where 
remember when Butler rolled his ankle with like three minutes to go? <laughs> yes. And they and it was off him. Was, the ball goes. Yeah. He, Jimmy. He, he no almost one carried else it out of bounds. It. Yeah, and that one would have been a big one to be like, okay, well let's look at that one, and they're definitely overturning it. Uh, they're saying, okay, it's Celtics ball. Uh, but I don't think the Heat ended up scoring on that possession, if I remember correctly. But whatever. I mean. Very yes. weird to go to to go to that challenge. You're right. Like 15 seconds into the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're right. They, they didn't end up scoring on that one where Jimmy yeah, went for a, yeah. a little stroll out of bounds with the ball, and somehow because he kind of he turned his ankle when Al Horford tried to strip him, they gave the ball to him. Yeah, there there were some bad <laughs> bad calls by the officials, and yeah, if Ima Udoka, I'm not sure why he used it that early in the fourth quarter. You're totally right. He could have used it later. But, you know, going back and thinking about it, one note I made was the Celtics here in, in a closeout game at home just didn't get back at times. I know the fast break points were basically even 14-13, but they're beat down the floor um, a few times. And I don't think you should get beat down the floor one time. You right. should be able to get back and, and, and be the last line of defense there. So, there, there's listen, Jimmy was great up top, even if he wasn't a – a shutdown guy in this game defensively. He was so good, so, so good at timing passes. He, he was amazing, and the line speaks to it, how freaking good he was. The box score says it all. Uh, he was so, so good and able to carry his team to the end. But the Celtics said nothing, nothing to blame but the mirror. They just, no. they, they have to. I mean, they, they, they got to be, they got to be upset with themselves. And yeah, they got out-executed at the end, really. Yeah. Uh, my random notes for this one. Um, JVG, Jeff Van Gundy, complaining about bench players mm. encroaching on the court. And man, look, and it's it's become a bit of a storyline here because of the Mavericks. And, and I was bringing it up weeks ago about, is this a rule or not? Can you do this now? Can you stand uh, during these playoff games? You don't get told to sit down. But like, <laughs> there's that one, I mean... I, <laughs> I think it was like Morris is like on the court. Yep. He's standing on the court. It, it, it is a sort of insane how close these guys, like, you know, six, seven, eight bench guys or whatever, like some of the staff, or just can be around uh, uh, an opponent shooting in the corner there. It's wild. They're sitting, they're standing on the baseline or the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all over it. They're dancing on that thing. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know how the NBA regulates it. I guess it's because you can't say, Stand, stand behind this line. I guess it's just you have to sit. Really, I think they would have to tell them you have to be sitting. Yeah, while the while gameplay is happening. Yeah, but or you'll get you know a delay a game or whatever, and then a tag or something. I, yeah, but you want like it's uh, you're telling like like J- Jason Kidd said earlier. Uh, these playoffs, you got millionaires cheering for other millionaires. It's great. Yeah, no, I know. It's I know, I know but... it is cool that they're standing up. But yeah, they, I mean, I think to me that's just uh, an indicator how this Heat team was ready, ready to to, to give it everything they got. Uh, they were just into it mentally. You know, Karan Butler, assistant coach for the Heat, was flying onto the floor when Kyle Lowry was down on the ground. Like they were there for each other and, and ready to. Uh, to give it everything they had physically. They, uh, they were ready for this game, baby. My other note was, I laughed out loud. I don't know if it was making its way around Twitter. I, was, uh, I wasn't really watching at this point, but uh, Lowry went down. Like he, he, I think he, he probably, <laughs> it's Lowry, so he was taking a charge or trying to get some contact. It's a perfect Lowry. He dropped game. to the ground. I think he, he got hit. Like, like it probably hurt. So he's lying on the ground, <laughs> and the mop guy came out, <laughs> 
and mopped around him. <laughs> no, I, Did you see I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I, if it didn't find its way to Twitter, I should go grab it because it is very funny. The mop guy literally like he's like a dead body on the in the paint and he just goes around him. Oh, man, I laughed uh, laughed out loud at that one. Uh, that's uh, another random note I had. Well, I don't know if you have any other ones. Somebody must have drawn a chalk outline around That's what it looked Lowry. like. That's what it looked like. Is the guy just going around him, cleaning up the sweat just around him. I guess he'll wait till he gets finally gets up, and then I'll I'll clean up that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's really all I have for, in my notes. I don't know if you have anything else. Man, I would have loved to see Lowry's sweat angel uh, on the floor after that. <laughs> and... Uh, the sweat, you know, the you know, greatest raptor of all time, greatest rump of all time to see uh, right. to see that shape on the floor. That would have been phenomenal. Now I missed that one. Weird, yeah. weird that I missed that one. I did fall asleep. Six minutes left in this game. I was pretty pissed at myself. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I was making notes. I was in bed. I was making notes, oh, and then went down for the count. Woke up, uh, and. Uh, at 1 a.m. and watch the rest of it. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> because I uh, had to watch that thing. Uh, it's, it's, we got a close game. We got a close game, Skeets. This game went from, the series, these playoffs went from, you know, the meme of that guy leaning back in his chair to leaning forward. So that's right. had to take it in. Uh, no other random notes, though. I, okay. think, I think that's it. I mean, that, I was just... I was just impressed with the heat down the stretch there and how they executed play after play after play. Uh, finishing the job. Well, the Celtics have shown an ability to bounce back in these playoffs. They're yes. 5-0 and following a loss, and four of those wins have come by double figures. So, again, if you think you figured out Game 7 there on Sunday night in South Beach, uh, I'm going to disagree with you. You're just a straight-up liar. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully it's another close game. Like Tass said, we might jump back on here on Sunday night, if Tass can stay awake. Yeah, fall asleep that was here. a mistake. Yeah, don't don't a long go to bed. Day. You gotta, you gotta sit in a chair or something. Yeah, gotta sit in a chair. That's a good plan. <laughs> Take it outside. You maybe help your yeah, chances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, one random note. I, I'm watching the stream team here talk about Kyle yep. Lowry, vintage Lowry game. I'm seeing. It was. From, uh, I loved it. I was, I was beaming. Yes, it, it was phenomenal. And Lowry on the floor. It just, it, it, it brings up. I, I tweeted something about Lowry early in the game and. There's a lot of, I guess, Beantown boys pissed. Like, oh, the guy's flopping all over the place. He's oh, all over yes. the floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, you, you know, I mean, you have an exact replica and Marcus Smart on the other side. Yeah. So, like, how, yeah. how do you get pissed about it? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, when he's on your team, you love him. And I guess you can hate him if, if you're watching him flop around. But, yeah, I, I don't think that him flopping around garnered the heat calls that they didn't deserve or anything. I think he, he did a good job and. You know, a guy like Oladipo stepping in and taking a charge there. Heat culture, baby. Uh, I mean, yep. yeah, that was, uh, was great. Game 7, Sunday night, everybody. Let's do it one more time. You know, we got the clip. Tass uploaded it. Come on, Zaza. Oh, here, oh, one, one, final, one final note, Skeets, because I, yep. I, I know JD uploaded I uploaded it too, and while I was uploading it, uh, I saw, like, sometimes, you know, you see, like, closed captioning, like, transcripts pop up. Yeah. And so I just thought it, I thought it was funny reading the transcript from Zaza Pachulia's Game 7 <laughs> video. There is nothing easy. Nothing easy. We're going to Game 7, baby. Game 7. Game 7. I wish you guys were there. Because he's talking to his home court. Yeah, that's the, that's the extended version. Yeah. yeah. But we all, everybody, knows that we got your support. We're going to feel it on Game 7. And I think he did say on game seven. We love you all, right? 
That's it. Uh, and uh, I believe the Hawks went on to lose that game by about 30 <laughs> 400 points. 400 points. <laughs> in, in game seven. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. They just got their ass handed to them. Oh, man. That was, Al, was Al Horford on that team? He yeah. must have been, yeah. Yeah, he was. Wow. Hopefully it goes a little better for Al Horford here, at least a closer game. Uh, before we go, Tass, just uh, in other quick news here, just get okay. your uh, uh, right. take on this real quick. Uh, Lakers oh, hired yeah. Darvin Ham as their next head coach. Uh, any any thoughts on this? Well, first, I can't wait to read the article on The Athletic about it because I got that queued up. Of there course, the man is uh, very, very well-deserving. And speaking of the Hawks, I mean, he goes back – Yep. You know, way back with the Hawks, uh, and I know he's he's a basketball lifer, and uh, he obviously is a, a student of the game as well. So you got LeBron's approval. LeBron yep. tweeted uh, he's excited to work with Darvin Ham. I, I guess LeBron may be having flashbacks of Teron Liu coaching him in Cleveland, uh, you know, uh, a role player in this league when he played and yep. uh, a student of the game when he coached. Uh, so I'm sure... Uh, Darvin Ham will will be a very good coach. Will he have the roster and the time to make it work? I think is the right. question. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, look, he's a champion as a player. Darvin Ham was with the Pistons, and obviously as an assistant coach with the Bucks, he has experience with the Lakers organization. I always forget that that he was there. Yeah, for a couple seasons, and then like you said, he was with the Hawks too. And I and and most importantly, it does feel like he has respect of players in this league. Especially your star players uh, in LeBron there, so I, I love this hire. I think it sort of checks all the boxes, and and uh, and he's like you said to start it, terribly deserving of a, of a chance to be a head coach in this league. I mean, he's put his time in on all these benches, um, so it'd be fun to see what he can do as the as the lead guy there. Yeah. And Darvin Ham, you know. It's a great name. You get to see all those Nuggets uh, dunk contest clips going around. Him shattering backboards in college. Will Jose Calderon come out of retirement to play for a man named Ham, or at least be on his staff? <laughs> he, you know, I always forgot Jose played for the Lakers for crying out loud for like right. twenty-five games. So uh, yeah, yeah, and Dar- and there is that one clip that people I'm sure forget about. Uh, first round of the bubble, Darvin Ham, assistant on the Buck staff, came out and broke up a fight between. Oh, yeah. I think it was James Ennis and or Terrence Ross, maybe. I don't know. There was there was some Bucks involved. Right. There was some magic. Bucks involved. magic. Yeah. yeah so. If there's a fight in the locker room with the Lakers, Darvin Ham will be there. Uh, I guess. I guess the one thing that I, when we we had these uh, potential candidates for the Lakers job being interviewed, it, it was Darvin Ham, Mark Jackson, and Terry Stotts. I believe. And Kenny Atkinson, maybe. Kenny Atkinson, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, not not Mark Jackson. It, it was yeah. Kenny Atkinson. I guess I questioned whether or not the name was big enough to command the room, uh, as far as Darvin Ham was concerned, or Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. I hope that's that sort of idea is kind of going by the wayside in the NBA. If you're if you're if you know the game, if you play the game as well, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's part of the respect level. Like Darvin Ham has been there, Teron Lue, I brought him up. Maybe maybe that whole thing of oh, you got to get this big name coach who's won championships. I don't know. Maybe maybe people don't care about it as much, and hopefully hopefully they don't. And seemingly LeBron doesn't. Uh, right. You know, but uh, but I don't know. Going back to Frank Vogel, it just seemed like he was sort of a lame duck there, even though he won a championship and, you know, worked his ass off and knew the game and had coached for a long time uh, with Indiana and Orlando. And I don't know. It just feels odd, I think, a little bit that 
that they went this this direction. Like, will will Darvin Ham get all the respect of your Westbrooks and and down the line? I mean, that's I, I guess that's the, a bigger question for me. The roster really is is yeah a yeah. huge question. It's not like Darvin Ham's going to come in here and this team is instantly winning sixty games with the current makeup of this team. I mean, even if you have LeBron and AD, I don't think that's happening. They got a lot of decisions to make and uh, to figure it out. But they also are going to hope that Ham. I mean, you keep saying Lou as a great comparison. I think that's true, or you're hoping, obviously. Uh, but look at Yudoka, too. Yeah. Here uh, on the Celtics, sort of same thing. They come in, obviously set an identity, be a new voice, uh, have the respect, because uh, especially as a, as a former player and champion, like I said. So, yeah, we'll see. Congrats to Darvin Ham. Uh, everybody loves to see it. Uh, finally here, I'm just going to keep saying this until we do it, because it's only a couple days away. Tuesday night, May 31st, around 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's the No Dunks 2022 Charity Drive for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. We had a blast doing this last year, and we were doing it here in the yard. So we're going to be in person all together in the Classic Factory trying to raise money for a great cause in St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Uh, The goal, 30K. We've set the bar extremely high this year. So that's on Tuesday night. Just want to keep planting it in your brain for you to join us all um, on YouTube when we uh, do this charity drive. Very excited for that task. Get over there and enjoy the show because we will be doing a lot of stupid things, I think, in the... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like we always do, but in the Classic Factory, doing it live. Yeah, we'll get to, you know, hopefully get to various benchmarks as we did last year. You know, if we hit 5K, we'll, I don't know, we'll get Lee to put on his thong or whatever. Hopefully <laughs> not. Right. Hopefully not, but, That's you know, right. you get my drift. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's a nighttime show. Lee always gets zany at night. You know, we'll get a Guinness or two in him, too, and things will get really crazy. So Tuesday night, uh, May 31st, we will be back either on late Sunday night to recap Game 7. Maybe we'll save it for a Monday show uh, on Memorial Day. We're, 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 we're still figuring that out. I think a part of it may be how entertaining is the game and all that. But uh, you'll have a podcast or a reaction podcast at least to that Game 7 baby at some point on late Sunday night or on Monday. So you can lock that in as well. Uh, what do you got going on for the rest of the weekend, Tass? Anything exciting? Uh Danielle needs to go get some uh, tomatoes from the farmer's market today. Oh, Gypsy Kings tonight. What? Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you going to see the Gypsy Kings? Where do they play? Uh, Chastain Outdoor Venue. Outdoor Park. Oh, oh. yeah. So we've seen them there, well, years ago. Right. And I guess uh, Chastain is back, baby. Oh, so you got the babysitter and everything tonight. This is uh, No, babies are coming. Oh, okay. Babies it's are going to be dancing. What time is the show? They're going to be tired. Oh, uh, what a, I mean, hey, school's out maybe, isn't yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah, like, live it up. I know yeah. Zoe just graduated, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be living. <laughs> what do you got going on the rest of the weekend? Uh, Not much planned. I think I'm going to hit some pools, though, at some point. Damn for right. For sure. I might, I might be hitting a pool with you, I just heard, uh, possibly on a yeah. Sunday. And then, uh, yeah, Memorial Day, I think probably go see Jared and splash around there. It's going to be hot down here in the A, so. Yeah, nothing really, though. Just resting for Game 7. Yeah, and you got a marathon. Coming. That's true. I do have one. My final real long run of training is this weekend, too. I'll do that on Sunday, probably, in the morning. Uh, but it's only 13 miles, so feels feels like nothing at this point. Oh, the taper, as they call it. Thir- yeah, so after this 13, it's basically two weeks of very little running. Or, like, there's running still, but nothing crazy. Uh, yeah, you start to taper down. You're right. Look at you. Look at you knowing the terms. 
Yeah, I don't somebody's know. reading Paul Flannery. I'm reading Paul Flannery. There you go. I don't. I don't run, but I read a running blog. <laughs> uh, two, two more weeks, man. That's exciting. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for joining us here on a Saturday morning. We really appreciate it. The stream teamers. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Of course, later, leave your boys a five star rating and review, and we will see you uh, at some point later this weekend or on the holiday Monday. Uh, until then, um, well. I actually don't play the Clipper Bros on this task. No, what but do you I, do? Just... I guess I could, because you're here. Okay, I'll play the Clipper Bros. You hit us with some final words. Here we go, okay. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Oh, man, I wasn't ready for this. Thanks for joining us, and remember, Jimmy Butler is a bad man. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people. <laughs>